Stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, visit www.3cr.org.au. Because we got the alternative energy right. nuclear free autonomy. And welcome to the Radioactive Show, produced at the studios of 3CR Melbourne and heard nationally on the Community Radio Network. Hi, my name's Mara. Over the weekend of the 19th and 21st of October 2018, members of the Australian Nuclear Free Alliance, ANFA, met on Ghana and Paramount Country in the Adelaide Hills. Dozens of Aboriginal nations and civil society organisations were represented. People came together to share stories, strategy and solidarity at ANFA's 21st annual gathering. Today, we'll hear extracts from one of the sessions that provides a snapshot of the uranium industry in Australia. First, we'll hear from Dave Sweeney from the Australian Conservation Foundation, then from K.A. Garlic from the Conservation Council of WA, then we'll hear from three strong women in the fight against the uranium industry in Australia, Trish Frail from Bree Warriner, Jeanette McGrath from WA and Vivian McKenzie from the Flinders Ranges in South Australia. First up, we'll hear from Dave Sweeney. I'm just going to start off with a little bit of a snapshot of the uranium stuff. My name's Dave Sweeney. So I work in Melbourne with an environment group called um, Australian Conservation Foundation. I work on nuclear issues with them. And a big chunk of my work is about uranium and keeping it in the ground. Um, And like Australia as we all know, has got a very big uh, rip-and-ship culture. It's a very mining-friendly country. We've got a third of the world's uranium in this country, and uranium is a dual-use fuel. So it can power reactors and it can power nuclear weapons and it all becomes nuclear waste. So we, from environmental perspective, along with many people from Aboriginal perspective, have a viewpoint that the best thing that we can do is to keep that stuff where it is, safely in the ground and promote clean energy alternatives rather than be uh, um, exploring and opening the door to this sort of poison. So there's many people that feel that way and particularly after the Fukushima accident in 2011, which was directly fuelled by Australian uranium. So it was Australian uranium that was in the Fukushima reactor when it went critical and when it melted down. So Fukushima fallout is Australian uranium. Particularly since that time, around the world, lots of countries have re-evaluated how they do energy and are moving away from nuclear. Lots of countries that still have nuclear have increased the pressure on safety and increased, and that then means increased cost for those power operators. What that means for us, we don't have nuclear power but we supply reactors. What that means for us is that the price of uranium has crashed as, cu- as countries move to embrace renewables rather than reactors. And so we're in a situation now where the market, the free market, the capitalist supply and demand equation is our friend. You know, ten years ago... This commodity was 125 US dollars a pound, and now it's 25. So it has been hammered, and things are shrinking. And as a result, we're seeing this industry contained. What we try and do is we try and stop, we have a fight to stop any new mines, we try and contest any existing mines, 
and we try and clean up any old mines. So some key fights now and, and that we'll talk about over this weekend. With the new stuff, it's in Western Australia. We'll hear from KA maybe in a little while, but about what's going on in WA, where a state Labor government with an anti-Uranium position was elected after 10 years of Barnett, or eight years of Colin Barnett, and uh, they came in and said, look, a few, a few proposals have been approved under Barnett. We can't turn them off. So there's four that WA Labor are considering. So there's four that we are working to stop. We'll run through some of the detail more over the course of this weekend. Vicky, KA and others really charging on that fight. With the continuing stuff, the biggest mine we've got is in this state where we are with the Olympic Dam, BHP Billiton Olympic Dam mine. That's a massive fight. There's many people in this room that have done enormous work over many years um, and are particularly... You know, note Sonia and Janice and their family and many other people who have done a lot of work over many years to highlight and to halt that mine. We'll hear later from them some of that story and a, and a bit of a tribute to their, their mum for her work around that, around that. And it's also this year, it gives you that sense of, of how long this struggle is. So it won't be a shock for any Aboriginal people, but it's 35 years this year since people stood um, on a blockade to stop that Olympic Dam mine going ahead. And there's people in this room that were there 35 years ago and, you know, still here. And that mine's going ahead, but that mine had all its approvals. It had its approvals for a $20 billion expansion, $20 billion expansion, state approval, federal approval, money. And after Fukushima... And in part because of work by people, countrymen, David Noonan here, who focused hard on it, lots of people, that company deferred that expansion. It put that $20 million and its approvals to dig more on the shelf and just said, this doesn't make sense. So bit by bit, we are shrinking even the biggest parts of this beast. And then one of the other parts is that when they finish, it's not finished, like we know. When they finish in the reactor, that's radioactive waste and it's not finished. When they finish at the mine, it's a mess and it's not finished. And we all know that. Massive problem with mine rehabilitation in Australia, particularly massive with radioactive mines, with uranium mines, because of the longevity, the long-lasting life of the radioactive material. Now, probably the one that's most high-profile and most in the news and most focused now is Miramob, the country there, Ranger Mine imposed on Mira, the laws were changed to ensure that Mira opposition, the word was they, their opposition shall not prevail, specifically changed in law so that countrymen couldn't say what happened on their country and that mine was imposed. And Mira community have watched that one, felt sad about that one, tracked that one for very many years, stood up strong 20 years ago and stopped Jabaluka, stood alongside company, clans and countrymen and helped end Kungara and now it is ranger time, rangers coming to the end of its life and the challenge now is how do you clean up this heavily impacted piece of country inside the wet tropics in a world heritage area, what does that mean for culture, well, how do you actually do it? Now to their great credit, 
Mirror Mobs Pressure has got the company to say, the company which has a track record of selling failing assets for $1 and then stepping sideways and escaping their rehabilitation requirements, the company has committed to spend $1 billion cleaning up this one because it knows the spotlight that's been put on them by people is so strong that they have to deliver. So that is a massive challenge now, working together to support them, and we'll hear from the Mirror crew later today and tonight to a presentation because it's 20 years since they were at standing up against the blockade for Jabaluka mine. So I suppose just in this sense, the big sense is that we've got a whole lot of current fights. We've won and lost in the past. We're still well and truly in the game. Um, and the story, you know, Sue just said, let's get the little kids in here at lunchtime to make a pictures and a story that Dr Irene will take to Geneva to present to the United Nations. Well, that's one of those stories going wider than us and we all know how important stories are and we all know how powerful they are and those stories just keep, they keep rippling out of Aboriginal resistance and of green and black working together to amplify that resistance. Next Wednesday in Salzburg, there's a group, a German group called the Nuclear Free Futures Award. They, they give three awards a year um, in, uh, for people who are working to end all things nuclear, like the, all sorts of nuclear risks. They give a, 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 an award in solution, which is generally someone doing stuff about renewable energy and alternatives. They do a war, an award annually in education. It speaks for itself. Someone doing work that changes the way people think about nuclear threats. And they give a, one award in the category of resistance, a community or a person or a group that has spearheaded really powerful resistance. And next Wednesday in Salzburg, that award for resistance for this year is going to Geoffrey Lee. And Geoffrey Lee is a senior traditional owner for that country at Kungara in Kakadu. And he was offered multiple millions of dollars and just said, no, no, no. And then with support and supporters and with sharp and persistent work, was able to get it so that both major parties agreed that that site was too special, the circumstances were too unique, and that that project area would be folded back into Kakadu National Park. It's part of Kakadu now. It was going to be a 50-year mine, and it's part of Kakadu. It's beautiful, it's special, it's protected, and Jeff led it. And the world is acknowledging him next Wednesday. So, <laughs> cascading stories of, you know, what's possible if we can hold a bigger picture vision, even through the tough times, and if we can find support, which I think is one of the beauties of ANFA. And I think that'll tigger out and be teased out and added to over the weekend. So I suppose the thing is it's really important, and before um, we maybe look at a couple of those specific areas, it's really important to know that you know, we, if, if you look at what money we have, what money ANFA has, what money any of the green groups have or the whoever, compared to what money BHP Billiton have, what money Rio Tinto have, what money the Australian state has, you just think, oh, what's the point? We can't win. And yet we win again and again and again. 
We win again and again and again. It's extraordinary. We've got a third of the world's uranium and the amount that we are ripping and shipping is, is dropping every year. And there are no new mines going ahead. There are mines closing down. Rio and BHP Billiton are either getting out or shrinking down. It's extraordinary. And there's people in the pro-nuclear side that don't understand how this is possible because it shouldn't be possible. And we know that, that it's possible because there's a human cost of the hard work that people do and the stuff they have to put up with. But it's possible because the story is true and the story is sustained and it gets out there and it makes a difference. So we're shrinking their social licence. We are removing their right to mine and that's really really important and the stories are getting heard. The industry is going to make a big push. I'll just finish on this one. They're going to make a big push next year. There's this, the, the set of federal laws and rules are called EPBC, Environmental Protection Biodiversity Conservation Act. The EC, EPBC is like shorthand for all the federal environmental laws. Now, one of them is about uranium and it means automatically... If a company is looking for uranium, they have to have a higher level of assessment and attention and paperwork because of the mere fact that it's uranium, because uranium's radioactive, etc. Now, the industry is on a big campaign to get that changed. They uh, published a report the other day and they're doing media briefings and they're saying that it's time to end the discrimination against uranium. Extraordinary discrimination. So what they want to do is have it so that uranium is seen as like any other mineral and it doesn't trigger automatic attention. Now, we need to... One thing that we need to do as ANFA and as people concerned about this industry is ensure that they are not able to do that. We need to make sure that it's kept up there, that this mineral is special and requires highest levels of transparency and scrutiny. Because if they can pull that off and just try and make things fast-tracked and easier, that's not helpful for us and it's not helpful for trying to direct to a cleaner future. So that's one fight that I'd flag that's at a policy level. We all got lots of fights on the ground. You're listening to The Radioactive Show, broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. We're listening to recordings from the Australian Nuclear Free Alliance meeting held in October 2018. We just heard a snapshot of the industry in Australia from Dave Sweeney. Next, we'll hear from Kayad Garlic from Conservation Council of WA about what's happening there. For those that don't know me, I'm Kay um, I'm the Nuclear Free Campaigner at Conservation Council of Western Australia. Um, and just before I begin, I just want to acknowledge the, my, my acknowledgement of the land that we're on is tradition, of traditional owners. Um, but there's some really big apologies from Western Australia that I want to um, also acknowledge the people that aren't here uh, this weekend, um, and I've had a lot of apologies from Western Australia. So um, we, for up at Kintai, the Mardu mob, um, Muki and um, Kanu Taylor, Nancy Taylor, Waka, Curtis Taylor and Mia Pepper, um, fighting the fight up there, can't be here this weekend. Um, Mr Glenn Cook, who's not well, who's been a strong and staunch activist um, in Western Australia, Christine Stokes, Shirley and Elizabeth Wanyabong, uh, Janice Scott, Spinifex woman from Mulga Rock, 
Debbie and Libby Carmody from Mulga Rock, Kato Moore from Leonora, couldn't be here and passes on his regards. Dalaray Morrison couldn't be here and passes on her love um, and respect. Nicole Colbong, Richard and Sandra Evans, um, Christine Stokes, Marianne McKay, and um, Scott Ludlam. Scott Ludlam passes on his love and respect and solidarity. He flew back into Western Australia yesterday and would have really loved to have been here and wanted me to pass on that um, apology. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Western Australia. We, um, as Dave said, um, WA Labor is in, um, has a uranium, no uranium policy, but allowed four uranium mines to go ahead. And just a snapshot on those four um, sites, the Kintyre site, um, out and just outside of Newman, the... Um, is Cameco owned, Canadian company Cameco owned, and um, that is where the Maru mob at the moment are trying to get their land back off Cameco. They did a beautiful picture, Kalu picture, um, but they're also painting another one to try and get their land back. Cameco have written off the value um, of that one and are not really interested in this um, equipment up there that's just sitting there being degraded, and the Maru mob want that land back um, and are fighting really strong to get their, their land back. So they're working on a, um, another painting to hand back to, to or to give to Cameco to ask for their land back, which is a disgrace really. Um, and so we're supporting them. With um, Waluna Toro Energy, it's a Western Australian company and um, they also have... Um, with the price of uranium are not really pushing uranium but are now looking for gold in that area. So, um, yeah, it's not, not great but we're, we're still tracking them. But they're also um, cashless and rudderless. They don't have um, much cash anymore. They're not pushing um, uranium but we've still got to keep tracking them. Uh, Yaliri is uh, Vicky's country. Dual native title holders have, um, with Vicky and along with her sisters, Shirley and Elizabeth Wanyabong, have a court case going on. Um, and we'll talk more about that um, this afternoon and I'll let Vicky talk about that. But with Conservation Council of Western Australia and the three dual native title holders, Vicky, Lizzie and Shirley, are taking the state of Western Australia and Cameco to court. And we're just waiting on whether, um, when we have that appeal... Um, we're taking them. We're appealing the decision in the Supreme Court um, that was handed down earlier this year, and um, we're appealing that. And we're just waiting for the date on the hearing. But I'll let Vicky talk more about her country and her land. And finally, Mulga Rock, where Geoffrey Stokes's land and Jeanette's um, from, uh, Mulga Rock is probably our biggest challenge at the moment. It's Vimy Resources, uh, backed and owned by Twiggy Forest. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They used to call me Twiggy. Nice <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's our probably biggest threat. But um, what happened this year is Macquarie Bank was uh, one of the second biggest shareholders pulled out um, of Vimy Resources of backing that. And as Dave said, you can see the decline every time. We also they were supposed to put in a mine closure plan. Um, and that has now been withdrawn um, and that was going to be one of our biggest opportunities to see where Labor um, could really um, hold, hold that and stop that 
Um, so, but they've withdrawn that. So we're still in a bit of um, sort of finding out what's going on because this is the, one of the biggest problems we face is that it's not transparent, it's not clear, and we have to find out through governments and actually through Vimy Resources sometimes what, what actually is going on. Um, so, yeah, that, the Mulga Rock is the, one of our biggest ones, but... Um, you know, there's people in this room that have fought hard for that and continue. And I just want to acknowledge that the 17th of November next month is the 10th year since Barnett overturned. Our last previous um, or former Liberal government overturned the ban in Western Australia to mine uranium. And we have kept it in the ground for 10 years since then. <laughs> and that's through the hard work of... You know, people that aren't here today, people that can't be here today, but people in this room and the support of AMFA that we've, we feel supported by, so nationally as well. So just as a wrap-up, just want to leave it on that really big positive note that it'll stay in the ground because we've continued this far and, and thanks very much. That was K.A. Garlic from the Conservation Council of WA and also from the Radioactive Show. Next, we'll hear a little bit from three strong women who spoke at the Antwerp meeting recently. We'll hear from Jeanette McGrath, Trish Frail and Vivian McKenzie. I um, only recently found out that my ancestors, was, um, they walked into Mount Margaret Pingin from the fallout from the um, Maralinga. They resettled in um, Pingin there and that's... Um, Mulga rocks on that uh, area as well, so I'll be standing more up for the Mulga rock and that. And me and Jeffrey, we same family group from Mulga rock with a few others there in um, WA. So yeah, I reconnected to my country where my ancestors walked into, and my father was put in Mount Margaret Mission as a um, stolen generation. And then he took us away down south and we didn't know our culture, where our um, camp was. But I've been back at the Pigeon with um, K.A., Marcus and that. And I've, um, yeah, reconnected to country. I know where my guru is now. Yeah. One thing that I did notice and I, I didn't mention earlier was... Um, the division in the community when they do try to do um, nuclear waste. And they tried it so hard in Bree, but we came out too strong for them and they just couldn't do it and they they weren't experienced enough to do it. You know, these are councillors. And um, so what one of the things they were saying was, oh, I know an elderly Murawari man who he totally supports it. It's like, oh, well, that's really good. He's a Murawari man. He's allowed to support whatever he wants. But this is Nambar land and you're not going to come here supporting anything on our land. And that shut them up. They didn't quite know what to do. Then they came back another time and um, this time they were saying, oh, we know a Nambar man who totally supports it. And it's like, yep, okay then. So what's his name? Oh, no, if you're going to come out with something like that, you tell us what is his name so we can go and talk to him and so he'll understand 
what, where about, why we're not protecting, why we're not supporting it. Again, they shut up. And it's like, um, I know here in South Australia, they have really divided the communities. And, um, and that's just one thing, you know, we really have to be careful of. And same as over in um, Lenora, they'll be doing the same. So, yeah. So I just wanted to uh, let you know. I'm going to talk about Yuleri. Um Well, we've been fighting all my old families and that they've been fighting over 40 years for this uranium, to stop the uranium. And it's, well, Yuleri is um, a very special place for me and my families and that um, there's a place where we used to um, stay, hunt, and... Growing up on stations like Yuleri, Yakabindi and Albindan, and this is our travel sort of area where we stayed. And um, but um, um, well, far as now today and everything, we just go far as the gate. And a few of my aunties who were um, born there, worked there in their lives, like Auntie Shirl, Auntie Lizzie, and my rest of the families up in Leonora. And um, yeah, so. That is one of the places where they want to mine um, uranium there. So we sort of all got together, had a bit of a yarn, and um, yeah, um, we don't want it there. And that's, that's the thing for me and my family. And now on our walk, we, I encourage my grandchildren to come up there, you know, because... We are not around to um, talk about our country. We've got our little um, next generations there. And, um, yeah, and I just feel so grateful they've been out on the walk every year. And, and I feel really proud to see them all there, you know, and, um, and seeing all our aunties now coming out now, other families members joining us on the walk coming out camping, they don't want to leave and that there. And, um, yeah, so I wish I had my aunties here and they would have spoken a bit more, but they're very shy people. And um, what else? Um, And there's a few um, things I want to do when I get back to Leonora. Um, with K.A. Marcus and a few others, um, the bump crew, if they want to come out, um, to go back out there with a few other people to um, try and record the night parrot. Yeah, and I don't know if any people heard about it, um, hear it, um, but me, my two aunties, we hear it all the time. Mm. And around Yuleri, there's few sacred heritage stuff there. And it's one of the stuff um, we're trying to get through to other people like um, Central Desert and other mining companies and that there, there's some places there, old carvings and that there, on the trees and other stuff there. So what I'm going to do is... Um, try to get back and talk to my families to start our ranger program back again. Um, like 
well, this is my um, eighth year on the walk, and I've been learning a lot of people, our culture, and doing cultural talk, showing our records and go back. Uh, um, yeah, so hopefully we get that going and try and protect our um, country. But the main thing is um, I will always go past Lake Miranda. And that is where a lot of people um, I get up and talk and speak about because that place is another touching spot for me, for my mother, who's rest in peace, and my grandmother. But we stand here today and this is, this is how we stand. This is how our ancestors stood. They stood together. They said we'll never give up. This is our land. We belong to the land. And we're still we're going to fight today and we're going to take it into the next generation for the generations to come. And it's good to see a lot of the kids here playing around because they might be playing around, but what they're doing is they're absorbing what's going on. You take this little guy here. He's a cracker. He's a cracker. He knows what when we talk about a waste dump. He knows that. But thank you, everybody, for your support. And one of the things we must never, ever, is never give up. Never. Never. We'll see you in the next Stanford meeting, eh? And I don't know where that would be. I hope it's up in the Flinders Ranges, maybe. Or Bria Warner. Thank you so much to all the people who travelled from across the country to be part of this year's Australia Nuclear Free Alliance gathering. We just heard some extracts from over the weekend. Thanks for listening to The Radioactive Show. You can download the podcast of this program at www.3cr.org.au slash radioactive. If you'd like to get in contact, you can email us on radioactiveshow.3cr at gmail.com. The Radioactive Show was produced in the studio of 3CR on the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation in Fitzroy, Victoria, with the support of Friends of the Earth's Nuclear Free Collective. It's broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. Thanks for listening and tune in again next week for more news and views on nuclear peace and energy issues.